open them up to Galatians chapter 5. I am ready to preach. What has it been? It's been like three weeks. Four? Four for me? I tell you, I've just been shaking. I've been shaking. I got to preach. I got to preach. All right? So we want to welcome our visitors here. If you're here for the first time, I want to welcome all of those watching on the internet. Last time I, I looked, there was like 13 watching, and that seems to be some kind of an average lately. So God is really blessing that ministry. Amen? Amen. Galatians chapter 5, and I want to look at verses 16 through 21. And it says this, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Say evident. means it's a no-brainer. Black and white. Which are adultery, fornication uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. Underline that. Underline that and the like. You know what that's saying? And say, all these things I just named, they're just a partial list. He said, all the things that are like these things, you can just go ahead and add them on the list, all right? Of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice, make a lifestyle of, such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, today I want to talk about a topic that applies to every Christian on the face of this earth, all right? I want to make this so relevant today because there is not one person in this place watching online, listening on the radio right now that can say, I do not need to hear this message. Isn't that good? Yeah. So what do I want to talk about today? I want to talk about how to overcome the flesh. How to overcome the flesh. How many of you have been having some flesh battles lately? The rest of you are liars. <laughs> now, what, what is the Bible talking about when it refers to the flesh or the fleshly nature? Simply put, it is talking about that part of you that desires to sin. All right? That part of you that desires to do wrong things that are not pleasing to God. That's what I'm talking about. When I refer to the flesh, the fleshly nature, that's what I'm talking about. That part of you that wants to be the bad boy and the bad girl. All right? So how do we get victory over that part of us as Christians? And that's what I want to talk about today. I want to give you some keys that I believe will help you to avoid falling into the lust of the flesh and, and help you from falling into all the traps that Satan has put in our way to pull us away from Christ. How many of you know there's a real devil out there? All right. We don't want to help the devil out by giving into the flesh. Amen. All right. So 
turn with me to Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6, and I want to look at uh, two verses to start off with here. And it's verses 11 and 12. If you're there, say amen to buy me some time to take a drink. Mm. Thank you. That's a pastor's trick, all right? Uh, here we go. Romans 6, 11 through 12. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive unto God, or alive to God, in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, your physical body, that you should obey it in its lust. Now, as Christians, this scripture says that we are to reckon ourselves. What does the word reckon mean? It means to consider yourself. Say consider. Consider yourself, ourselves as Christians, to be dead unto, dead unto sin. But it, then it says to be alive unto God in Christ Jesus. So what I really want to point out about this whole reckoning thing and considering thing is this. To reckon or to consider begins in your thought life right up here. Are you hearing me, somebody? That is where all considering, that is where all reckoning takes place in your thought life. I know, I know, I'm going back to the thought life thing. But it's so important. It is so important. Now listen to this. <clears throat> Being dead to sin... Uh, being dead to sin is not only a spiritual reality in Christ, but it also needs to be an unshakable mindset for the Christian. Okay, you didn't hear me. You didn't hear me. You didn't hear me. Someone didn't have their coffee this morning. All right. Let me say it again. Being dead to sin in Christ is a spiritual reality. Did you know that? Because if you're abiding in Christ, you're going to be dead to sin. You're not going to want to do it. It's a spiritual reality. But it also needs to be an unshakable mindset right up here for the Christian. Now in these verses here, we see God is making a distinction between living a life of sin. Talking to Christians, by the way. He's not talking to the unbeliever. The unbeliever, all they want to do is sin. Right? There's no desire to do, do good. There's no desire to please God. There's that enmity, the Bible says, between the unbeliever. The enmity can only be taken away through Jesus Christ, through faith in him. Amen? Now, so, but when you become a Christian, oh, come on. Guess what? You have a choice to make now. You follow the way of your uh, recreated, born-again spirit, or you can go the way of that old man, the flesh. Are you awake this morning? So God's making a distinction for the Christian between living a life of sin and living a holy life. And that one all-important factor, you guessed it, is the thought life for the Christian. If it's in your mind, it is only a matter of time before your actions will begin to follow. I mean, is this hitting home to anyone today? I know it is. If it's in your mind, you're meditating on something. It's only a matter of time before your actions start to follow. 
And you actually, subconsciously, you begin to set up a scenario that will pull you right into sin. Now, listen to me. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking of only sexual sin right now, aren't you? Oh, no, 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 no. Any kind of sin begins right here in the thought life. Any kind. Whatever. Gossip. Hatred. Oh, come on. How about this one? Unforgiveness. Oh, yeah. They did that to me. I can't believe it. You're just meditating on it all day. And it's eating you up inside. And when you see them... Oh, you just give them the cold shoulder. You give them the dirtiest look. Guess what? That started back in the thought life. And you subconsciously followed it all the way to the fruit of what you just did in your actions. Oh, this is good preaching, somebody. We need to know and stick in our memory banks the fact that sin is deceiving. I mean, sure, sin may bring uh, pleasure for a season, the Bible says. But did you know that there's a high price to pay for sin? Oh, Oh, high price to pay. It will catch up with you in life. Uh, There's a saying that your sin will find you out. You ever heard that one? The Word of God says, whatever you sow, whatever you sow, that you're going to reap. And the spiritual reality of sin, the spiritual reality of this is this. Sin will pull you away from the one that created you. Sin will pull you away from the only one that can bless you in life. Because God cannot bless sin. That's an impossibility with our holy creator. He just can't. He won't. It's impossible. Oh, but nothing's impossible for God. Come on now. Come on. Don't be stupid. Keep that in context. Amen? Amen. Are you hearing me? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. There's another impossibility. Before you proceed with a certain action, you need to count the cost. Count the cost. Sin has a high price tag, more than what you have to give. After all, it took the precious blood of Jesus Christ to wash our sin away. Amen? And we really need to take time and meditate on the cross of Christ. The price that Jesus paid with his own blood to set you and I free from the very thing that we're trying to hold on to. Think about that. How ironic is that? See, it's in the light of the cross of Jesus Christ that we are able to see the rottenness of sin, the filthiness of sin. Are you hearing me, somebody? But it's also in the cross of Jesus Christ that we can also also see the awesomeness of God's plan for each and every life here on this earth. See, the cross goes both ways. The cross shines the light. Amen? Will you give countless hours fantasizing 
about and dwelling on and longing for vile things. The vile things that nailed the lover of your soul to the cross on that cursed tree. Or will you keep your eyes and will you keep your mind on Jesus Christ? So my question to you is right now, what have you been thinking about lately? What have you been meditating on lately? We need to consider ourselves, reckon ourselves dead to sin. And the only way we can do that is to take the opposite and consider ourselves alive unto God through Jesus Christ. We need to go back, people. We need to get into the scriptures to find out what happened to us when we got born again. Who are we now through Christ? Oh, my. We need to feed on that big time. So I want you to notice it says alive unto God in Christ Jesus. The word of God tells us in John 15 as Christians, like I mentioned before, to abide in Christ. Go with me, in fact, to John 15 a minute. John chapter 15. I'm talking about how to overcome the flesh today. I want to talk about things that you can take out of this building. You can apply now. A right now word. Amen? John 15.5 says this. Jesus said these words. He said, I am the vine. You are the branches. He's talking to his believers, his followers. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, without Jesus Christ in your life, you can do nothing. Or you can say this, nothing that has any eternal worth. Because, I mean, how many of you know, there's millionaires out there, they're serving the devil. They got everything they want. They got their Learjets, they got their yachts, they got, hello somebody. We're talking about eternity here. Stuff that really matters. So as Christians, anything and everything good in us comes in his birth out of our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And without him, come on, we are nothing. We are doomed to a life of filth. We're doomed to a life of sin. And most importantly, we're doomed to the lake of fire for eternity. Like I said, we need to find scriptures that talk about who we are in Christ. And keep those verses fresh in our thought life every day. Say every day. Not once a week, not twice a week. Every day. Take time to do it. Just print them out on your computer, uh, your printer, whatever. And have a, scriptures, write them down, whatever. But look at them every day. Take five minutes and read them. Keep them fresh. Keep them baking in your heart. Amen? And when we do that, it will cause us to live and go in that direction. It just will. That's the power of the thought life. Amen? And it will choke out or not give place to the evil thoughts or the desires of the old man. When you do that, think about this. The word of God is quick. It's sharp. It's powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Amen? 
When it does that, it'll cut all the weeds out in your thought life. When you're, when you're reading the word, it's going to chop everything out that doesn't belong there. Uh, some of us need to do some major gardening in life. Amen? We need, we need some major gardening. Okay, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Go there with me. Hallelujah. Oh, feels good to talk about the word up here again. Glory to God. 1 Corinthians 10, uh, 13. And it says this. It says, no temptation. Say that with me. Say, no temptation. Has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation, will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. According to this verse, there is not one temptation that will ever come your way or my way that we can't say no to and walk away from it. The devil didn't make you do it. Amen? But listen, the catch is this. If your will is not into backing out or saying no, then at that point, there is nothing that God himself can do to help you. Uh, Did you hear me? If your will's not in it, there's nothing that Almighty God can do. To stop that thing from happening. Because free will. You can do what you want. Amen? Like the book of James says, it says you have been drawn away by your own lust. And on top of that, God would not require something something from us that is not possible to do. You ever consider that fact? And if we abide or continue in Christ and continue filling ourselves with God's word, I'll tell you right now, we are well on our way to overcoming the flesh and living a holy life that is pleasing to our Heavenly Father. So take time throughout the day to meditate on heavenly things. Take time throughout the day to meditate on spiritual things. Take time throughout the day to meditate on spiritual realities that are found in the Bible. I'll tell you right now, you, you, you sit there, you, 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 next time you, you decide to sin, meditate on hell for a while. You hearing me? Go ahead, just meditate on hell. Alright? It'll scare hell right out of you. Amen? But take time to meditate on spiritual realities. The word of God is healthy for our thought life and for our spirit man. Meditating, think of it this way. Meditating on God's word is like what exercise is to your natural body. It's like what food is. Uh, Good food, not little Debbie. It's like what good and healthy food is to your body. That's what the word of God is for our spirit man. Amen? Turn with me to Philippians 4 8. We can't hear these truths enough. 
Pastor James, you talked about this. You know, I, I remember that you, talk, you talked about this in a sermon three months ago. Guess what? We need to hear it again. You know, you know it wouldn't hurt for us to hear it every Sunday. Well, in fact, I probably do bring these, some of these points up every Sunday, but that's all right. Amen? All right. Philippians 4.8 says this. Finally, brethren. Who's brethren? Who is he? Christians. That's right. Finally, brethren, Christians, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Say these things. Now listen. Whatever does not fit into those categories right there, what I just read, need to be blocked out of your thought life. Blocked out of my thought life. Amen. Now, how do we know if we're staying within those categories? By whether or not our thoughts fall within the boundaries of God's word. Amen. Are your thoughts filled with lust? Are your thoughts filled with hate? Are your thoughts filled with unforgiveness? Are they filled with resentment, greed, covetousness, and the such like? (laughs) If so, you're outside of the boundaries. And whenever you go outside of the boundaries of God's word, guess whose real estate you're on? The devil. The devil. Um, The devil's the bad guy, by the way. You you don't want to be on his real estate, amen? All right? But think about this. The Word of God gives us absolutes. Say absolutes. Well, you know, if it's okay for me, it's okay for me. You know what, though? If you're offended by that, you know, it's just not okay to you. No, 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 no. No, there's absolutes on this earth. And the only thing that sets the boundaries of absolutes is the Bible, the Word of the living God. Amen? The Bible is a filter. The Word of God is a filter. It filters out. It separates us from the junk that's in this world system. That's opposed to God. Isn't that good to know? It's a filter. Some Christians are just swallowing all the worldly junk that comes their way. And what happens? They end up getting sick. Well, that's what's going to happen if you start swallowing crap. Amen? Are you hearing me, somebody? The Word of God gives us boundaries for our physical and spiritual protection. Say that with me. The Word of God gives us boundaries for our physical and spiritual protection. That's the truth. The Word of God reveals to us the perfect will of God. God's original intent for mankind. Go to 2 Corinthians 10. 2 Corinthians 10. Oh, that way. Uh, Oh, the Word of God is awesome. Amen? 2 Corinthians 10. 3 through 5. 
Oh, we need this filter. We need this filter. So then we're only drinking the living water. Amen? Not the skanky water. Hallelujah. <clears throat> now, it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, or everything that says, hey, I'm higher than the word of God. Amen? Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Now, this passage, when using uh, the word flesh, is talking about the natural realm in which we live. This natural realm. Things, I'm seeing you, I'm seeing you. I'm, it's talking about the natural, all right? We don't war according to the flesh. Uh, the natural realm or natural weapons will not be effective in this spiritual battle we're trying to fight. Amen? Our fight is a spiritual battle and it can only be won by spiritual means through Jesus Christ. All right? Our weapons are mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. How many of you have strongholds that you need to be torn down today? Amen. We, we all do. Even pastor. We all have strongholds and they need to come down. And they're only, it, it can only be found. Listen, a spiritual problem needs a spiritual um, remedy. Amen. Um, well, an example. You ever see someone who... Uh, well, I, I worked with a guy once who, he was an unbeliever. He, and I just got saved at that point. And he was talking to me how he felt like he was being tormented by evil spirits. So I'm talking to him and saying, yeah, you need Christ. You need Christ. You know, only Jesus can set you free from these things. Well, what does he do? He goes to the Bible bookstore, okay? And he buys a cross and he wears a cross and thinks, that's going to protect me. Without making Jesus the Lord of his life. Are you seeing what I'm saying? You can't fight a spiritual battle with natural means. Right. Amen? All right. So, our fight is a spiritual battle, and we need to pull down these strongholds with, with the Word of God, with the help of the Holy Spirit. So, casting down arguments. We need, we need to recognize deception from the enemy. All right? And number two, bringing every thought into the obedience of Christ. Listen to this. I heard this, this statement before. Powerful. One minister put it this way. The imagination is the hotbed where sin is hatched. Guard your thoughts and there will be little fear about your actions. And the only thing I can think of, sometimes Elizabeth and I, we, we kind of joke around like, man, you know, what, you know, you're in a public place like, what if I just stood up and just started screaming right now? You know, and well, you start thinking about that for a while. It's like, man, I got to stop thinking about it. What if I just stood up and started doing that? You know what I'm talking about? Oh, come on, guys. You know what I'm talking about. Don't make, don't make pastor look like an idiot this morning. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but guard your thoughts and there will be little fear about your actions, one minister said. I love that. And everything we are right now, everything you are right now, everything you are today is a product of your thought life yesterday. 
Are you hearing me? I'm telling you, stick this in your memory bank and don't forget it. The Christian life must be lived on purpose. Holy living living does not happen by accident. It's an on-purpose effort. And it begins right in your thought life. Now, back to Romans chapter 6, verse 12 here real quick. It says, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lust. The word of God says, do not, come on, underline it, let. Do not let. Do, so say that with me. Do not let. Say it again. Do not let. <laughs> do not let. Again, it's in our control 100% to overcome temptation and sin. Our will is and must be involved to be an overcomer in this life. Do not let sin reign or rule in your mortal body. In other words, don't let or don't allow sin to dethrone Jesus in any area of your life. Oh, isn't that good wording? Thank you, Holy Ghost. Do not let or allow sin to dethrone Jesus in any area of your life. We need to keep Jesus at the center of our life. We need to keep him on the throne of our life. Because it's only through him that we can get pulled out of the pit that we're in today. But he needs to be king of kings and lord of lords in every area of your life. Come on. How many of you know what I'm talking about here? I mean... Hey, he's Lord of your life when you're here at church on Wednesdays, on Sunday. But he's not Lord at all when you're at work. How how many of you know you can, it it separates like that. Are you hearing me? I've been there, done that, wore the t-shirt. Man, I was a great actor. I I played the game well. Amen? Man, I was an angel on Sunday. Oh, growing up, oh yeah. But I was Eddie Murphy the rest of the week. I'm telling you right now. But it ought not be that way. I'm saying, bad pastor. Well, I wasn't a pastor when I did that, all right? (laughs) But I was a bad boy. It was wrong. I was not being an ambassador for Christ. Amen? So, do not let. Do not let. But, you know, the good thing is, if you have messed up, if you're here today, if you're watching online, if you're listening on the radio or internet around the world right now, if you messed up, you can arise, you can get back up again. And you need to confess, and you need to forsake that sin, you need to begin again right now. You can have that new beginning right now. And, by the way... You can have that new beginning, guilt and condemnation free. We serve a fat-free God. <laughs> Amen? We can get rid of all the junk. We can, we can come back to him and it's all good. It's all good. He throws it into the deepest part of the sea. 
He's just looking for that commitment level on your part. My part. Amen? He wants to know, are you really serious with me? (coughs) Or are you just playing the game? It's easy to play the game, isn't it? It's so easy. I'm talking about overcoming the flesh today. Overcoming sin in your life. And it can be done with the help of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Sin is a slippery slope. Sin is a slippery slope. And the cycle must be stopped on purpose. It won't stop on its own. And I said this before and I want to say it again. Because it's so true. Because by default, the flesh wins. (laughs) By default... Thanks a lot, Adam. (laughs) By default, the flesh wins. Because it takes an on-purpose effort to stop backsliding. To stop sitting. Look, look, as a Christian, if you want to backslide, let me tell you how to do that. Alright? Don't do anything. Don't go to church. Don't read the Word. Don't study the Word. Don't pray. You get the point. Because by default, the flesh wins. Now, Romans 6, 13, it says this, And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. Do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin. Don't make, don't make it easy to sin. Don't make it easy to sin. Now, go with me here to Romans 13. Romans 13. And I want to look at uh, verses 11 through 14. Hope you're not in a hurry today. Pastor needs to get this out of his system. It's been four weeks. Come on now. All right, just kidding. I'm almost done. Romans 13, 11 through 14, says, And do this, knowing the time that, uh, and do this, knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now our salvation is nearer than we, uh, than when we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand, therefore let us cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk, underline it, properly, as in the day. Not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision, underline that, make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. This is interesting. The Holy Spirit, through the Apostle Paul, was emphasizing the importance of living a holy life as a Christian. What was his reason here in Romans 13? What was the reason? Emphasizing the importance of living a holy life in the light of the nearness of Jesus' return or second coming. It's close. The clock is ticking. 
It's like two minutes to midnight. And besides that, listen, you and I do not know when we're going to take our last breath on this earth. The Bible says it's appointed unto a man or a person once to die and then the judgment. Uh, what's the James Brandt translation on that? You better be ready to go at any time, brother. You better be ready to go any time, sister. Because when you take your last breath on this earth, game over. It's done. There's no purgatory. There's no waiting room between heaven or hell. Oh, no. Your destination is sealed. When your spirit man leaves your body, you're holding that one-way ticket to that destination. And guess who decided who go, what destination that you're going to go to? You did. <clears throat> well, no, no, no. God, God determined it. God determined it. Oh, okay. Why are there people in hell today? It's God's will that none should perish. But that all should come to repentance. The Bible is full of references to hell. And it's very clear, if your name is not written in that heavenly book of life, you don't have reservations in heaven. Amen? Now, verse 13 says, let us, Christians, talking to, let us walk properly. See, there is a proper way to live as a Christian. Like I said earlier, everything is not acceptable. There are unchanging absolutes in the kingdom of God. It's not a free-for-all. There are absolutes. Amen? And I like this. And the way we adjust our moral compass to match God's is by gaining knowledge from his word. You know, I'm a pilot. And quite frequently when I was flying for a company, uh, regulation says that you had to test what we call the VOR. Okay. A VOR is a navigation device in the airplane. And every, every, uh, ever so often, each uh, major airport has a testing area. And you drive or, or taxi the aircraft to that testing area. And it, you have to turn the VOR to a certain degree or a heading. And if it lines up and you fall within the boundaries, you pass the test. We need to take a moral test here. A moral company. We need to test our moral VORs. Sure. Are you hearing me, somebody? That's a good word. The way we adjust our moral compass to match God's is by gaining knowledge from His Word, the Bible, and making the Bible a conviction in our life. And no matter what the world says, stick to the moral compass of God's word. I don't care what the pioneer says. Are you hearing me? If it doesn't line up with the word of God, it's trash. It's false. It's deceiving. And by the way, moral absolutes have nothing to do with legalism. 
that word legalism gets thrown around too doggone much in the body of Christ. Right? I you Christians who think they can go out to the bar and just get hammered every night and, and still be in right standing with God. Hello? You know, you try to tell someone, you know, you, you shouldn't really be in an atmosphere like that. That's not, oh, you're legalistic. No, you're heathenistic is what the deal is. Are you hearing me? Amen. There's moral absolutes. And, and moral absolutes, like I said, they have nothing to do with legalism. It is all about God trying to protect you from danger. He's trying to protect you from harm. He's trying to protect you from pain. He's trying to protect you from the lake of fire for eternity. See, from the beginning of time, from the beginning of creation, God's intent was blessing for mankind. Right from the beginning. And when reading the word of God, you cannot deny the fact That we as humans were originally created to be blessed. Blessing was our portion. Till that bonehead Adam. No, I just, me and Adam are going to have a chat when I get to heaven with him. Just a little chat. Me and, and Eve, of course. Although, if he didn't do that, I'd be out of a job right now. I'm, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I'd rather Adam not have done that, okay? All right, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but when Adam and Eve opened the door for the curse, uh, the, opened the door to sin, the curse entered the earth. But listen, we can get back to that Garden of Eden experience with our Heavenly Father Through the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. By following the instructions in the book, the Bible. B-I-B-L-E. Basic instructions before leaving earth. Now verse 14 tells us as Christians not to make provision for the flesh. In other words, don't put yourself in a position that makes it easy to sin. Don't accommodate sin. Accommodate righteousness. Amen? Amen? Avoid all appearance of evil, the Bible says. Now here's another key. We must hunger and desire for the manifest presence and glory of God in our life. See, when you and I, when we start to lose our spiritual appetite as a Christian, beware. When you don't have that desire to read the word, when you don't have that desire to praise and worship the Lord, beware. It's the beginning of trouble. That means that you are spiritually sick. Just like in the natural. When you're sick, there's no desire to eat. I mean, when I started coming down with that sinus infection earlier in the week. Last thing I wanted to do. Right? So, but when you start to get better. Your appetite comes back. Amen? That's time to run to Bennigan's. But for the Christian, it's time to run to, back to the Word of God. Amen? Amen? Amen. D.L. Moody. You know who D.L. Moody is? A great preacher from the past. 
he said these words, the Bible will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from the Bible. Amen? Oh, I like that. The Bible will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from the Bible. And that's so true. It's, either, it's one or the other, isn't it? It's one or the other. And like I said before, if you are in a backslidden condition spiritually and have no desire to read, no desire to feed on God's word, you just need to force feed yourself. You need to force feed yourself. I know you don't feel like it, but doggone it, you go and get in your room, slam that door shut, get on the bed, open the word, and put your face in front of it, and just start reading. I don't care if you start out with one verse. I don't care, I don't care if it takes you two hours to read one verse. Get that thing down there. Amen? Get it in there. And the more you force yourself to read the Bible, a greater hunger and desire will come. The Word of God will change your life if you give it a chance. Amen? Don't give up. Keep moving forward with God. Don't give up. Don't give up. He never, God never lets go of us. Did you know that? He never lets go of us. We're the ones that let go of Him. Amen? And it's the Holy Spirit that will give you strength and wisdom on how to get out of that trial, out of that circumstance that you're in right now. And lastly here, I just want to point something out. Here's another issue about indulging in the fleshly desires, okay? You will begin to open yourself up to demonic influence. If someone needs to hear this, got to go here. And I'm talking, what I'm talking about demonic, I'm talking about demons, evil spirits, the enemy, bad things. Amen? Someone who indulge, now, am I saying that you do one sinful thing, you pick up a demon? I'm not saying that. Is it possible? Yeah, sure. It's an open door. Amen? But, Listen, it's the works of the flesh. I, people argue this with, this is the whole argument. Oh, it's not, you know, demons, no, not demons for a Christian. That's just the flesh. And I, and I just sit there and shake my head and think, how can people be so foolish and, and say that when demons feed on the fleshly desires of man? Are you hearing me? That's how they operate. In fact, I mean, one of the uh, works of the flesh is witchcraft. You know, I have people say, well, see, witchcraft is only the flesh. There's no demon of witchcraft. Oh, come on now. That's ridiculous. Of course there's a spirit of witchcraft. But people, the, the, the thing is, people are afraid of demons, all right? Or Christians are, rather, which is a shame. We should, they should be afraid of us, amen? Use our authority over them. But because Christians are so afraid of the enemy, they would rather just de- deny the existence of them. What a shame. Because now, we got a bunch of sick Christians running around because they indulged in the flesh so much, now it's turned into demonic influence. And it's real hard to get, get free now. And that's when people need deliverance ministry to kick in. Are you hearing me? 
So, you know, what happens when a Christian begins to indulge in these fleshly desires on a constant basis, you're making a lifestyle out of this thing, uh, they begin to make a nest in your mind. Those demonic spirits begin to make a nest in your mind. And many times in your body. All right? Your spirit man is born again. No access to the spirit man for the devil. Are you hearing me? But you are body, you're a spirit, uh, soul, and body. The soul, your thought life, mind, will, and emotions, and uh, your body, yes, that's what demonic spirits can have an influence over. Uh, Some diseases are caused by a demonic spirit. Are you hearing me, somebody? I mean, it's all in the word. uh, Pastor James isn't bringing anything new up to you. It's been in the word the whole time. Amen? So a Christian can become so entangled in bondage that it goes beyond themselves and they begin dealing with demonic spirits and those demonic spirits need to be cast out. Uh, People, for instance, that have addictions um, not only have a fleshly or a chemical dependence, but they also have some supernatural help from the devil now too. Are you hearing me? Yeah, I know, I know. But you know what? This should be shouting material. Because as Christians, we have authority over the devil. Amen? Uh, So I just wanted to point that little bit out. So, I mean, there, there are so many red flags when you're talking about the fleshly nature and living a life of sin. All right? So I just, but that's a whole other message in itself, and you can do your own study uh, this week. So the point of this message today is this. Through Jesus Christ, we can overcome any temptation, any bondage. Just give Him, give the Word of God place in every area of your life, and He will put you on the road to victory. And you can, I can, overcome the flesh. Amen? Let's stand up in this place. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, maybe there's someone in here. You have never made Jesus Christ of your life. Maybe there's someone watching somewhere on this broadcast, somewhere in the world today. You've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. I'm telling you right now, it's a spiritual reality. Heaven and hell, they're spiritual realities. And today... If you want a one-way ticket to heaven, know that you know that you're going to be with God for eternity. You need to take that step and you need to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. How do I do that, Pastor? How do I do that? I'm glad you asked. If you're here in this place, I want you to meet me over by that drum set. And I want to have the privilege of praying with you. And having a new birthday. The born again experience. Now maybe there's someone in here. You say you know. Pastor I've been a Christian for a while. Or at least I've called myself one. But. You know your testimony. What you're talking about. Playing that game. That's, that's me. If that's you and you really. You want to rededicate your life today. To the Lord. I want you to meet me over by that drum set today. Let's just settle it right now. Because I'll tell you right now, it's not a good feeling to know if you drop dead right now, you don't know where you're going to go. 
Amen? I mean, I want my spirit, man, to rise like a helium balloon to heaven, all right, amen? Not, not like a rock to hell, all right? So salvation, rededication, come on up here. And just I just want to pray with you personally, privately here. Maybe you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism as a Christian. It's a Bible experience. It's a wonderful experience. And it's needed to be a powerful witness for Jesus Christ. If you want to learn more about the Holy Spirit baptism or receive the Holy Spirit baptism, meet me up here by the drum set. If you need a physical healing in your body, like me, (laughs) I want you to come forward too. The power of God's here. Amen? So I want you to come forward. And now you watching online, if you want to make Jesus Lord of your life, you never made him Lord of your life, but you want to now. I want you to simply say this prayer and mean it with your whole heart. God, I'm a sinner. But I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. That he went to the cross. He shed his blood for me. And it's that Jesus that I confess as Lord of my life right now. So Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Use me in a greater way than I've ever been used before. I want to bring glory to you. Glory to your son, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for saving me. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Now, if you have any prayer requests online, go ahead and type them in the chat room. And our, uh, one of my sound guys will bring it down. Now, I want to pray with you. Turn that music up a bit. If you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, just come on forward. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. If that's you, come forward. Rededication, Holy Ghost baptism, prayer for healing. Hallelujah. I'll be right back to catch these. else those four things well we have some active participators online that is awesome amen all right we have terry terry is still not feeling well brother terry who comes to rcc so stretch your hands toward the camera right now in the name of jesus terry i command every infirmity to come out of your body in jesus mighty name we loose the anointing of the holy spirit through your body right now I command every organ to be healed I command every spirit of infirmity go in Jesus name right now right now and be healed be strengthened now we have 
Um, Michelle. Michelle wants prayer. That um, prayer for her job situation. The favor of God in her job situation. And just to manage her time better. So, Father, right now we pray for Michelle. Lord, I pray that you would give her wisdom, supernatural wisdom. I pray you'd give her supernatural favor. That, Lord, every area of her life would come into line right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And that, Lord, your blessing would fall upon her. That you would order her steps in your word, Lord. And she would not slip. But she would walk uprightly, Lord God, and be blessed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Yeah. And we also need to pray for her for she has a lot of fear, worry, and, and different emotional things. In the name of Jesus right now, Lord, every part of her broken heart. Lord, I just pray that you would mend that broken heart right now. I command the spirit of fear to come out of that person in the name of Jesus right now. That oh, spirit of deception, spirit of false guilt, I command you to go in the name of Jesus right now. And Lord, I just pray that your love would surround this individual. Let your anointing fill that room that that person is in right now. And Lord God, just manifest yourself in a great and mighty way. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. So right now, this person needs prayer for healing in her mouth area. All right? And salvation for her husband. So right now, I lose healing in your mouth area, your teeth, gums. In the name of Jesus, I command every infection to die and dissolve right now. Every infirmity in that mouth, go. Healing, come. In the name of Jesus. And may that mouth proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ with boldness. And Lord, I pray for this individual's husband. Send laborers into his path to speak your word to him. I pray the convicting power of the Holy Ghost would fall on him right now. And the light of the cross would shine on him. That he would see the filth of his sin and the need for Jesus Christ at the center. The very center of his life in Jesus' mighty name. <coughs> Alright, there's an individual named Arland. He has been told he has bladder cancer. In the name of Jesus, I come against every cancer cell. I command every cancer cell in Arlen's body to die and dissolve right now in Jesus' name. I command that spirit of cancer, go in Jesus' name, never return. Lord, I just loose your healing power through his bloodstream. Every part of his blood be cleansed. Every chemical be normal. And I command that spirit of death to come out of him in Jesus' name. So, Lord, I just pray right now that strength would arise in Ireland and healing would manifest in Jesus' name. Someone anonymous says that uh, his wife is in the hospital. Lord, whatever that situation is, right now, Lord, Holy Ghost treatment. Holy Ghost treatment. In the name of Jesus, fill that hospital room right now. I come against everything in that woman's body that is against the word of God. Everything that is against the perfect will of God. 
That includes all sickness and disease. And I command it to go in Jesus' name. Holy Ghost, minister to that wife right now. In Jesus' mighty name. And there's an individual. She wants us uh, to pray for her. She's about ready to take a big exam. Must be college or something like that. So Lord, I pray that every bit of studying that this individual has done. I pray that all the answers you would bring to her remembrance when she is in front of that exam, that Lord, the helper, the paraclete, the Holy Ghost, the one called alongside to help would come and give her perfect peace and that she would pass this test with flying colors in Jesus' mighty name. You got more? Thank you, sir. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a fun one. This individual is obviously watching from New Zealand right now and says, uh, pray for the nation of New Zealand. They need revival, salvation, and deliverance to come right now. You ready to come in agreement with this individual? Stretch your hands. Lord, send revival. Holy Ghost revival. Lord God, let your spirit fall on New Zealand. I pray that every bit of corruption in the government would come down. In Jesus' mighty name. And God, that you would, Lord God, just allow your people, let, allow the army of God in New Zealand to arise and shine. And let the glory of the Lord fill New Zealand. Send laborers even, Lord. Lord, let those divine co co contacts, those divine connections, those ministers, those individuals who are supposed to bring a word to New Zealand. Lord, provide the finances, provide the way, and Lord, let the spark be ignited for revival in New Zealand. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Give the Lord a hand clap today. He's awesome. Hallelujah. God is in the house. All right. Thank you, all of you who watched online. Thank you so much for watching. Uh, come back next Sunday. If, uh, but if you have your own church, you need to go to your own church. Amen? Amen? You need to get to church. But if you're able to watch, it's a blessing. And you'll see us next week. God bless you. Hallelujah. All right. couple of announcements here. I have